Welcome to Central Speaks, home of our weekly podcast. Central Speaks is produced by Hamilton Central Baptist Church. Ladies and gentlemen, a very good morning to you all. First Officer John O'Pound speaking. Welcome aboard this flight from Hamilton to Juba. First of all, apologies for the turbulence that we've experienced in the climb, but it was on the forecast, so we should have expected it. Unfortunately, we are expecting more turbulence en route, but rest assured, the captain of captains is in control, and he not only knows about the storms ahead, he's in control of those too, and he won't give us more than we can bear. Just remember to keep your eyes on him, and we'll all get through this together. On behalf of MAF and the rest of the crew today, I'd like to thank you very much for flying with us. I do hope you enjoy the flight. But for now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the in-flight entertainment. Close your eyes if you will, and imagine you're at home cooking dinner. You're trying to cut a large pumpkin and you slip and you slice your hand badly. What do you do? Do you get your phone? Do you ring an ambulance? Ring your neighbour, a friend? So you can be taken to the hospital. Remember these actions that you will take as you return to a similar scenario later on in the flight. Good morning everyone and thank you so much for this amazing opportunity to be able to share our story and our journey with you all. What's been happening in our lives over the past 15 months has been rather incredible to us. And we've been, have begun to feel God's love and direction like we would never have imagined. We're gonna share a bit about ourselves, our journey, how God's got our attention, and what he feels he has been saying to us. We're gonna share a little bit about MAF for those who don't know, and where we're gonna be heading. For those of you who don't know me, I'm uh, Jonathan Pound. This is my lovely wife, Michelle, and we have four lovely kids. Abby's the oldest, just turned 10. Dan's turning nine this week, and Ben and Joe, our twin boys, they're six and a half. We live in West Auckland, and we're on a journey. I grew up as a pastor's kid, son of Andrew Pound, um, who was mentioning last week that he was uh, involved in pouring concrete for the foundations of this building when he was at Teachers College. Uh, my brother's Josh Pound from uh, Wanganui Central Baptist and my great uncle uh, Buck Pound. I joined the Air Force straight out of school as avionics and I soon developed a real passion for aviation at the local aero club. After six years I remustered to pilot and it was during my flying training that I met Michelle and we got married a couple of years later. When we were first married, I had about a 50-minute commute from Parakai to Auckland Airport, and I was often in the car early morning or late night, and I was listening to Radio Rima, uh, particularly Chuck Missler's radio program, 6640. I couldn't get enough of his teaching, and he often made challenging remarks like, so you're a Christian? Well, that's great. Now, what have you done with it? A short time later, I started flying the P3 Orion and I developed a real passion for helping people through aviation. 
particularly with search and rescue and disaster response missions. After tropical cyclone Winston ravaged Fiji, I flew an Orion up and we surveyed the damage and reported back to the Fijian government. On one such flight, we dropped a small package with a radio and established communications with a small community on an isolated island. We brought hope to those isolated people whose homes had been blown away and crops had been destroyed. They knew that someone cared. They knew that we were there and that we could pass on information to get help sent to them as soon as possible. This made me feel like all that training was finally worth it. We became interested in MAF after a commissioning service for someone who was shortly to be sent overseas with MAF. And from that time on, MAF was on my mind. But I just couldn't work out how to make it work practically. At that stage, I still had seven years bond left to pay back with the Air Force. And financially, we just couldn't work out how to make Bible college work. The next eight years were spent flying with the Air Force before we were finally in a position for a career change. And when this time finally arose, we felt very strongly that God was telling us to go, to leave the Air Force and join Air New Zealand. This decision was tough. I loved the Air Force. But there was no doubt God was telling us a new path to take. And this may be an example of why God doesn't show us all the plans he has for us. Why he just gives us the next step. It turns out this new direction was not going to be permanent. I would only fly with Air New Zealand for 12 months before COVID pulled the rug out from underneath us and I was made redundant. I asked our church to pray with me for wisdom and for doors to open or close as appropriate and I really began to seek God's direction. I, however, grew up in a very unchristian home and it wasn't until my mid-twenties that I found Jesus. My dad died when I was 13, which led me on this journey over 10 years searching for the something that was missing in my life. I jumped from one career to the next thinking that that would make me feel better. Chef training, legal secretary, I worked as an outdoor activity instructor in the UK before I felt this urge that I needed to come back to New Zealand and join the Air Force. So here I was, ended up in the New Zealand Air Force on pilot training. Failed wings course with only a few flights to go. However, this allowed me to remaster to Navigator on the P3 Orion. As Donnie's already mentioned, this is where we met, at a Hakia on pilot training. Looking back, I can see that God has way bigger and better plans than we can ever imagine for our life. Plans that don't match what we had in store. God's plan wasn't for me to pass pilot training. His plan was for me to find him. As Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Meeting Johnny was the most impactful event of my life, but not for the reason you would probably guess. Impactful because we got married, but more importantly, it was through Johnny that I came to learn about Jesus and accept him as my Lord and Saviour. Unbeknown to us, the next 11 years of our marriage would turn out to be a time of preparation and growth 
preparing us and getting ready for that time when God was going to call us. This time came when we were least expecting it. I realise that God is able to speak to us using a variety of different methods. But last year, beginning with lockdown, I felt like God either stepped it up a notch or I was finally in a position to be actually listening and notice what he was saying. I felt like he was repeating certain things and confirming them from various different sources. And each time the words seemed to leap out like they were bold, underlined, in italics and highlighted. Last year at Calvary Auckland, our pastor Brian began preaching through Jonah and our theme for the year was Go. Now don't mistake me, I think this was for everyone, to go and participate in God's mission wherever we find ourselves and whatever we do. But Go just seemed to become more and more significant to Michelle and I as lockdown progressed, which was ironic, since no one was going anywhere. On April the 7th last year, I was feeling at a loss and anxious. The career that I'd worked so hard for was over. The gifts and abilities that I'd worked hard to hone now just seemed too narrow, and I had no idea what to do. The job at Air New Zealand, which was synonymous with job security, had just become redundant and I was losing my job. I was wondering what to do, completely at a loss. And I was walking through the dining room on my way outside and just happened to glance at the calendar. It's a pencil circle around the seven. That was today. I didn't know what the reason for the circle was, I still don't know who drew it on there. But I figured that today was as good a day as any to see what God has to say about this. I found a copy of the Word for Today from 2018. The only copy that I could find that had April in it and turned to the 7th. You are chosen and appointed by God was the theme. And I will arise and go to my father. From Luke 15, from the story of the prodigal son. Inside the front cover, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11. The next day, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. John 15, 16. And I stumbled on a birthday card that my sister had given to my youngest son and inside she'd written Jeremiah 33, verse 3. So I looked that up. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. I felt like I was calling out to God and he was answering. On an old scrap of newspaper which I'd been using to protect the dining room table when I glued my son's toys back together. I'd been sitting on the tall boy while the glue was drying and had probably been there for a couple of months. 
but this day I just happened to read it. When I said we needed to go, it was like the flicking of a switch. He knew what needed doing, and he just did it. And then the next day, no, he has appointed you to go to produce fruit that will last. And down the bottom, come on, believe that you're called and chosen by God. And the soul food for the day, Psalm 32 verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. How could I ignore all this? In isolation maybe? But this was a lot coming thick and fast from all sorts of directions. And as Chuck Missler would often crack, the rabbis say that coincidence is not a kosher word. For everyone to whom much is given, from him will much be required. John 15, 22. Now I'd started looking at Maths website by this time and I found a caution on what not to do on their website. Each of us has a choice about how we use the gifts and abilities that God has given us. Matthew 25, 25 says, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. 1 Peter 14. Sorry. And on April the 16th, Michelle and I watched a movie called Never Heard about a gang member who had to choose between the gang or God. And about an hour into the movie, the gang member attends a church. And when the pastor was preaching, it felt like she was preaching directly at us. This is what she said. I hope you know today that you've been chosen by God. Chosen to make it. Chosen to outlast it and outlive it. The Lord Jesus' call is upon your life. You might have to come out of the clique. You might have to come out of the gang. You might have to come out of the club. Make no mistake about it. You are marked by God. You are a marked man. You are a marked woman. Transitions are not fun and they're not easy. But let me tell you something about transition. When God chooses you, he'll twist you and turn you. He'll change this and that. He'll order your steps and have you at the right place at the right time. And then from Acts 5, verse 38 and 39, for if this purpose is of human origin, it will fail and come to nothing. But if it is of God, you will not be able to stop them. You might even be found fighting against God. And then on April the 20th, Reading from Acts 9 verse 6. Trembling and astonished, he asked, Lord, what do you desire me to do? The Lord said to him, but arise and go. And completely separate to, but in parallel to what Michelle was hearing, God was telling me to go 
to produce fruit that will last. I started last year while we were studying Jonah and Go. I remember sitting and listening to one of our Pastor Brian's sermons thinking, I'm sure this is really great for someone, Lord, but I don't think it's for us. We're not going anywhere. Johnny's got this job at Air New Zealand. He'll be there till he's 65. But I'm sure that there's lots of people who need to hear this message, so I'll sit and listen quietly. It was only weeks later that our lives started to change significantly. During the first lockdown, we could see that Johnny's job wasn't going to be there for much longer. We're at a total loss. What do you do? It's in these moments that you feel totally out of control and you realize it doesn't matter how much you fight, how much you do, how much you try, you actually cannot change anything that's happening. You can panic, you can worry, you can fret, or you can give it all to God. So that's what we did. On our wall, we've had Proverbs 3, 5, 6 there for years. But it wasn't until last year where this actually meant something more than just a verse on the wall. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So this is what we did. We just gave it to God. After a long night of prayer, God replied to me. I woke up. And God spoke so clearly. He said, open up your bedside table and get out the devotional books you haven't read yet. Not the top one, but the middle one. And I'd forgotten that they were even there. So I listened. The devotional was Footsteps of Faith, Lessons from the Life of Abraham by Amy Walker. And the following was from day one. Genesis 12:1. Go out from your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in the country promised to him. It didn't matter that he had no idea where he was going. What mattered was who he was following. This was an invitation to step out of the familiar to step away from the connections and the cultural norms that he had relied upon and instead rely on and trust in who God is and what he is promising. And at some point in our life, we have to answer and face the same decision. Do we live for our present comfort, for our easy life, or do we travel with the kingdom in our hearts, making what is yet unseen an eternal our focus? We feel that God is calling us, that we are to go. There have been so many hard times over the past 15 months. The application process for MAF is not easy, and we think it is harder than the Air Force and Air New Zealand. It is long, and I'm not the most patient of people out there, but God's giving me lots of practice. It's been really hard not knowing the end point. But in hindsight, if we had known what this process was going to entail, where it was going to lead, would we have said yes at the beginning, or like Jonah, would we have turned and run the other way? So I can see why God doesn't give us a detailed roadmap of what's to come. 
It's too hard for us to understand, follow and comprehend. But the daily choice of choosing to follow him, we can do that. And so each day we're waking up, we're making a choice to walk with him, to follow him, to put our hand in his and not look back. So what does this arise and go mean for us? As a family, we're going to be moving to the other side of the world, to South Sudan, to work with MAF. Not the government organisation formerly known as Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries, but Mission Aviation Fellowship, where Johnny's going to be serving as a pilot, delivering hope of Jesus to the hopeless. This is a huge step of faith for us. We don't feel like we should be the ones going. We don't feel qualified at all. We don't feel like we're extraordinary in any way. We're just a normal Kiwi family just trying to do life. We're two introverts who don't think we're great at talking and would be much more comfortable at home in our living room. But God has a history of using those who you would least expect. All we are doing is saying yes and trusting God for the rest. God is calling and we feel the only thing we can do is to follow him. Now close your eyes again, if you will. Just imagine that same scenario at home, preparing a meal, slipping and injuring yourself. Now imagine that instead of being at your home in New Zealand, imagine you're in an isolated village or jungle. Now what would you do? There's no phone, no ambulance, no vehicle, and if there is one, the roads have been washed out or it's not safe to travel. This is when hearing the sound of a small MAF plane brings hope to the hopeless. This is what MAF does. MAF is a Christian humanitarian organisation that was begun by a couple of Kiwi Air Force pilots after World War II, desiring to use aviation for good rather than for destruction, to help rather than harm, while spreading the transformational love of Jesus Christ. From its humble beginnings, MAF was thrust into the world spotlight with the death of five missionaries, including Nate Saint, and the amazing stories of forgiveness that came out of that. MAF has since grown to be a truly worldwide organisation, operating in over 30 countries, flying 135 small planes to more than 3,000 destinations. MAF believes that everyone deserves hope, including the isolated. Isolation is not often thought of as a problem, but for millions of people across the world, it is the barrier to basic medical care, clean water, education and development, disaster relief, or the opportunity to receive the good news of God's love. All simply because it's too dangerous or time consuming to reach them. For countless communities across the world, the sight and sound of one of our small aeroplanes arriving symbolises hope. It may be bringing with it vaccinations, food, school books, mosquito nets, building materials, Bibles, or the best chance of reaching urgent medical attention. We aim to mirror the love of Jesus Christ 
in everything we do. He cared for people physically and spiritually, meeting the needs of the people around him, regardless of who they were. Our fleet of aeroplanes transforms days on foot across inhospitable terrain or treacherous hours in a boat into minutes in the air. Doctors, teachers, relief and development workers, produce growers even, and missionary organisations could not do their jobs without MAF. We work closely with a phenomenal network of partners to ensure practical, medical and spiritual care is delivered to isolated people with the deepest need. So now we are, we are living in the uh, light. For over 60 years, MAF has been overcoming the enormous barriers facing the most remote communities of the world. What started off as the dream of a couple of Christian Air Force pilots is now a global movement with 130 aircraft flying in over 30 countries and using more than 3,000 airstrips. That's more than any other airline in the world. And with each airstrip being used by multiple communities, we are able to reach hundreds of thousands of people. But the best news is, we're just getting started. We want to invite you to join us in this ministry. By partnering with MAF, you're also partnering with the 1,500 organisations that depend on us to achieve their mission. Your help means that lives are saved, that community development is achieved, and that the gospel is delivered. So join with us today and bring real hope to remote communities across the world. One of the countries with the deepest need is South Sudan. South Sudan won't be on most people's holiday destination lists. And last year it was ranked number one in the world for the most dangerous country in the world for aid workers. The current 2021 Global Peace Index ranks it fourth most dangerous country in the world behind Afghanistan, Iraq and Syria. When we had our first interview with MAF, I made it quite clear that I didn't mind where we went, as long as it wasn't South Sudan. There was no way I was taking my children there. The US Department of State travel advisories are for, do not travel at all, and if you were there, leave. However, God is in this, and he is leading us, 
and all these fears, normal justified fears and doubts and hesitations, he has just removed. And for me, that can only be of God. I research a lot. I like to know what I'm getting myself in for, which means I have a tendency to worry. But all these worries have been replaced by a love for these people and a country that I haven't even been to yet. I keep asking God, why South Sudan? And he keeps replying every time with the same answer. They need you the most. South Sudan is a landlocked country in Africa. It's surrounded by countries including Ethiopia, Uganda, Kenya, and Congo. As the world's newest nation, it had its 10th birthday on the 9th of July last week. After several decades of long, deadly civil wars, with millions of people dying and millions more being displaced, they're still in turmoil. A joint statement by the UN agencies, including the World Food Programme last year, at the end of last year, estimated six and a half million people in the country, that's over 60%, are facing severe food insecurity. They don't have enough food. That number has increased by one million people in six months. Though rich in oil, South Sudan has one of the world's most underdeveloped economies. They estimate only 10% of the population has access to clean running water and sanitation. More than 70% of businesses rely on um, diesel generators to operate, and most houses just have a little kerosene lamp. Due to a lack of roads, many communities in the country are very difficult to access, and during the rainy season are completely inaccessible. So MA South Sudan works in partnership with the national church groups, mission groups, development and relief agencies, and other NGO organisations, enabling access to these inaccessible locations across the country. MAF also provides emergency and medical evacuations, all of this helping to transform these communities, both physically and spiritually. While we're in South Sudan, we'll be based in the capital, Juba, and although there's still risks, it's a lot safer than the surrounding counties. We'll be living in an MAF compound. It's Western-style housing, concrete, big high concrete walls, barbed wire, and patrolled by guards 24-7. The facilities are way better than most South Sudanese could ever dream of having. We have access to a water bore, so we boil and filter that each day. And there's power from a generator that's on for certain times during the day. This video is a day in the life of a MAF pilot in South Sudan. It's a mama singing songs about the Lord. It's a daddy spending family time the world says he cannot afford. These simple moments change the world. It's a pastor at a tiny little church. 40 years of loving on the broken and the hurt These simple moments change the world Dream small Don't buy the lie, you've gotta do it all Just let Jesus use you where you are One day at a time Live well Loving God and others as yourself Find little ways where only you can help With His great love A tiny rock can make a giant fall
dream small It's visiting the widow down the street Or dancing on a Friday with your friend with special needs These simple moments change the world Of course there's nothing wrong with bigger dreams We're nearly there, and it's taken a long time. But we are leaving in November. There's about 10 weeks left before we go. We've got through most of the list of things we need to do, medicals, dentals, a whole raft of vaccinations. And now we're just finishing up the last bits of our ministry partnership. We need to meet the financial targets set by MAF International before we're allowed to leave and build a really big solid foundation of prayer because we can't do this without prayer. When we depart, we potentially are going via Australia for security training, but we'll see. And then we'll head to Kenya where John will do his um, pilot's license. You've got to have a Kenyan pilot's license. After a few months of doing that, we'll head to Uganda where Johnny will learn to fly the caravan. And then after that, we'll end up in South Sudan. There's a few more further steps to take. Each one has its own challenges. And so far we've found ourselves outside our comfort zone more times than we could ever have imagined. But each time we lean into God and we're gaining comfort in the knowledge that He is on the throne. He is in control of everything. His timing is perfect and He cares about every little detail. Before we close, I just want to take a minute to read the feeding of the 5,000 from John 6, verses 5 to 13. Seeing a great multitude coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? 
But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Now Philip made this sound impossible, and humanly speaking it was, but this is the creator of the universe that we're talking about. He loves us, and he wants us to participate in his mission. A young boy offered his lunch, and Jesus took it, his little offering, and multiplied it abundantly, so that they all had enough, with more left over than they started with. And only God can do that. Today I feel a little bit like that little boy, offering God my God-given passion for flying, and the gifts he's bestowed on me and my family. Gifts that so far we've only used to build with wood, hay and stubble. And I pray that God will take this little offering and use it for his purpose, more exceedingly abundantly than we could ask or think, for his glory. And we invite you to join with us on this journey as we step out into the unknown, trusting that God is in control. We believe he's calling us to go, and we believe that God will provide the financial support we need before we can go. And we believe he'll lead individuals and groups to donate willingly. And for that, we praise God. And we cannot believe we're already at 80%. But we don't just need financial support. More importantly, we need a team of prayer warriors who will partner with us in prayer. And we invite you to partner with us however you see fit. If you feel a burden on your heart for this mission, please leave your details on the sign-up sheets in the foyer. And if you'd like any further information, please don't hesitate to contact us. My information's on the bookmark thing. And please do take a prayer card. Thanks for joining us this week online. Come join us on Sunday mornings too if you're in Hamilton. Find out more about Hamilton Central Baptist Church and discover ways to get involved at www.hcbc.nz. Join us again next week at Central Speaks. <laughs>